You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is it, man. This is the last time we're doing this show prior to a Packer game. So I just put it up on Twitter. If you want to call before we know what's going on in the world, before we find out what the Packers are looking like, the Vikings are looking like, the Bears and the Lions and all that stuff, before we actually get information and just live in a world of pretending we know stuff, this is it. You want to live in fantasy? You want to call about stuff? Give me a prediction that in about uh, 12 hours, well, we'll call it 24 hours, is going to look stupid. Now is the time. And um, you responded. I, <laughs> I had already 10 calls, which is a lot. We're up to 16, and it's been like five minutes since I posted that. So a lot of people really want to get their last couple calls, and we got several new callers. We got, well, I guess it's two. This person called twice. Two new callers so far, and so I don't have a lot of time to sit here and explain to you how the show goes, which I know I have to do because I, you know, just have to do it. Why don't we get started with uh, new caller number one? Hold on. Change the settings. There we go. Now we're ready. Volume's up. Everything's good. I don't have to change anything later. Sweet. Here we go. Nice to meet you. Hey, how's it going? This hey. is Britt from Merrimack, Wisconsin, calling in to say love your podcast. Thanks. Also... What are your thoughts on Elton Jenkins possibly not playing tomorrow, Robert Tunyon getting the nod, and Bakhtiari most likely not playing? Again, love listening. Have a good one. Go, Pack, go. I think you said Brit, but Google says Brett. And I do have a tendency to do whatever Google tells me to do, like most people in the world. <laughs> Anyways, the more important part of this. Thoughts on Elton Jenkins possibly not playing tomorrow. Let's start with that. Terrifies me. I know we like to kind of play the game where it's like, dude, we got a good offensive line, man. Even without our top two tackles, look how good we were last year without those guys. It doesn't even matter. We got Yoshi. That's what I want to call Yash Nyman from now on, Yoshi. Somebody told me you pronounce his name Yosh, I think, like Yoshi. And I just think either way, Yoshi is a pretty cool nickname. So we got Yoshi and uh, Royce, Rolls-Royce, Rolls-Royce Newman. Good to go, man. Tell you what, like I said, I just realized you called again, and I'm looking. I can read, like, the first five words of what Google says. This time it says your name is Brad. Brit, Brett, or Brad. One of the two. Three, four. Um, I, I got to get the ADD under control if we're going to get through 16 calls. If our offensive line can hold up, I think we win the game. That's what I think. That's, that's again, keys to the game, block. If their defensive front can't do anything, if, if Aaron Rodgers has time and we can run the ball, we win the game. Yes, there's an element of stopping their offense, which is pretty big, but I'm having confidence in our defense. So, again, if, if you tell me Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are playing, massively comfortable with this game. Without them, a little scared. How do I feel about Robert Tunyon getting the nod? I think it's huge. Because of the questions at receiver, just receiver generally, not necessarily wide receiver. I saw we just elevated um, Juwan Winfrey, which is not necessarily a massive surprise. But again, as I said, we're, if, we're, if we do it, um, aside from just a numbers thing, there is an issue with... But anyways, we need people that Rodgers can rely on, and Tunyon's a big one. So them's my thoughts generally. We'll get to your second one in a minute, but we got another 
New caller. New caller. What's your name? Hey, Ryan. It's uh, Levi Danielson from Got it. Uh, Alaska. What's up? You're Alaska Packernet supporter. and uh, Love it. I was just calling to ask if, uh, who do you think is going to have the bigger impact earlier in the season of the rookie receivers? And, uh, yeah, I went. I go to an FCS school, um, the school that beat uh, the team that lost to North Dakota State. Uh <laughs> in the national championship game. So it's kind of fun, but yeah, thank you. That's a puzzle. Um, I'm not going to find out what that team is, but that's a, you said early on, and I, I just think from an experience standpoint, you have to go with Romeo Dobbs as much as I want to believe they're going to put Christian out there and he's going to make an impact like right away. I just really think that we're going to be disappointed in that regard in terms of wanting the young guys to just blow up and be elite Again, Sammy Watkins is going to be the guy. Randall Cobb is going to be the number two guy. Probably Romeo Dobbs is like the number three guy, but Juwan is going to be mixed in. Assuming he plays, probably a decent amount. At least until we get these guys up to speed a little bit. I would love nothing more than to see the first snap, Dobbs on one side, Watson on the other. It would just make me happy. But the only thing that would lead me to believe that maybe Watson is going to be the guy is, is, you know, early on again. Because it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, if, if you told me Dobbs is going to get, you know, I don't know, 18 snaps and Watson's going to get 10. It's not impossible Watson has a bigger day with 10. I mean, if you get one 45-yard reception, especially if it's, you know, one big touchdown, guess what? I don't care if Dobbs had three receptions for 52 yards. Everyone's going to be talking about Christian Watson. But, you know, I'll lean Dobbs, but I just want to see him, man. I, I just, I want to see Dobbs with Rodgers. I just want to see it. I want to see Christian Watson on the field catching passes. I just, I just want to see it. I just want to see these things in action. I'm like a lot of people have said. I'm more excited about this draft class by a mile than I've ever been about any other draft class. I want to see Quay. Desperately want to see Quay. I want to see Devonte Wyatt real bad. I'm gonna be geeked out when I see Kingsley rush in the pass. Like, dude, Kingsley was at 55. Get him. I'm obsessed with the draft class. Even knowing full well that it's it's the Packers and they're going to ease people in and they're probably not going to get many opportunities aside from Quay, and that's going to be sad, but I don't care. I'm going to geek out either way. All right, back up to the top now. New callers, thank you so much for being new and being yourselves and being a part of the friend group that is. Anyways, here's the call. I'm done talking. Hello, Packernet Podcast. Hi. What are the best parts of football besides the football. Hmm. So you got uh, game day food. Yep. Wings, rocks, beer. All right. Yep. You got the uh, off season smack talk. Yep. Between fans of all the rival franchises. All right, you got cheerleaders. Not really my thing, yeah. but some people really get into cheerleaders. You got the band. Hold on. Does anybody actually get into cheerleaders? Like, I get the idea behind it and everything, but I don't think anybody likes cheerleaders. I thought about that the last time. Anytime you go out there, you see the cheerleaders off in the corner, and you can barely see them, and zero people are looking at them. Even the people, like, in the front row, right where the cheerleaders... It just kind of makes you uncomfortable because they're... They actually think they have a purpose, like trying to get people to cheer, but nobody can see you and everybody's going to do it naturally. And even if they weren't, nobody's looking at you. And what are you doing anyways? How are you encouraging me to cheer by waving your pom-poms around? 
It's just, it doesn't serve a purpose. Cheerleader, leading the cheer. What cheer? What, what are we cheering? What's the cheer? Cheerleader? I'm sorry, but you don't serve a purpose. And I mean, I, honestly, you would even just assume like in, in an event, in a sporting event, that's almost all dudes. If you just told me, oh yeah, and then they've got this row of women that dance, you know, just in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh yeah, probably a popular part of the show. It's not. Nobody cares. Nobody's looking. You have a group of 18-year-old single guys, and they're looking right through them on the football field. Like, they don't see him at all. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's two people out there that enjoy the cheerleaders, but I've never seen that in my life. You, for the most part, it's like, what are you... Go away. You're making me uncomfortable. And, especially if it's a high school or college game, and uh, you got podcasting. Yep. You got just talking to other sports fans and having all these conversations, all right? Yep. Out of all these things, oh, you got buying gear, you know, wearing a T-shirt. Nope. With uh, your favorite player on it. Yep. You get excited if you're out in public and see... That's true. See somebody else wearing a shirt that uh, represents your team. It's probably bigger for, like, you being out of state than me being in state because... Everybody just wears Packer stuff all the time. All right. So all these things that have to do with football that are not football. Let me know. All right. Got it. JJ, that wasn't a Southern accent, was it? I'm, I'm never going to let you live that down. I know you said impressions, but every time you do anything that's not your normal voice, I'm going to give you crap about it. Um, it's a good question, though. Favorite thing about football that's not football, like the actual game itself. Is atmosphere an answer? I know if you, like, remove the football, then the atmosphere leaves, but that's true of all these things, right? I mean, the, the, if you remove the game from the food, it's still good food, but then it's just food, you know? It's not like game day food, which is, which is different. It's, it's, it's 100% the atmosphere. It's the food, it's the family, it's the friends, it's the music, da-da-da-da-da-da, right? Just, I'm, I'm 35 years old, I've been listening to that song since I've been a baby and it still gives me chills. It will never not give me chills. It's the the chill in the air as fall starts to hit and the leaves start falling and I mean all all the stuff just as I'm saying it gives me butterflies in my stomach. So it's it's if it makes any sense, it's the atmosphere for me. That's the answer. Hey Ryan. Hey. It's Joe the Jen. What up Joe? How you doing? I'm good, man. Anyway. All right. Been wondering if we have some connection issues Uh-oh. or if you're just not playing my calls. Um, you did mention I was getting a little dark there. I've played all your calls recently. So if you haven't heard any of your calls in the last like week, then there's connection issues. If it was like back when everything was like I'm depressed in my um, garage, I think I skipped like two of those. I'm not really sure what you're talking about, but, uh, <laughs> come on, Joe, come on. You're talking about my third strike for the firing of the janitorial job. Yes. Um, that I don't think, uh, I don't think it was too bad. Yeah. I mean, it's the truth, you know, truth is dark sometimes, man. Right. Sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, the truth is, I got to do this landscaping job in a little bit. Did you hear me when I answered your calls about the landscaping and I was happy for you and everything? And you talked about Justin Jefferson and your brother and all that? 
and I hate it. Oh, here and, we go. And um, helping my uh, brother-in-law out with some landscaping. Yep. And I hate him. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, no. Joe. And let's not no. forget, he has Justin Jefferson on I know. his fantasy football uh, You said that there, every so time. You got to hear about that. I know. Uh, anyway. Joe. Let's see if I can make it through another day. Come on, man. With this jack beep. Here, I'll help and, you. Um, there we go. We'll see where we go from there. I was thinking. Uh, You've got real serious people issues. You know what I mean? Serious. Um, you know, the Packers went out of the first round, yep. picked Christian Watson at the 34th pick, I believe. Um, they didn't move out of the first round. They traded traded picks to get. I get but, it. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, Louis Seen was picked 32, and Christian Watson was picked 34. There you go. Um, who do you think is going to have a bigger impact on the game? That's a good question. Let me know. Let us know. All right, Ryan. All right. Take it easy. Your biggest fan. Stan. Shalom. Shalom, man. Hey, don't hate your family, all right? I know it's an in-law, but he gave you a job. Don't hate the guy. Um, I would assume it's Christian Watson because I don't think Scene is playing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's going to have that third safety role somewhere mixed in at linebacker or something, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think Scene won the job there was a lot of talk about well not as much scene it was more booth but i don't even know if booth is playing to be honest um a lot of hype about those first two picks and i think both of those guys are going to be on the bench again they rotate guys in and out somewhat regularly so we'll probably see them at some point uh and, and like i just said with dobbs lesser opportunities doesn't necessarily mean lesser impact i mean if scenes out there for seven plays and gets a pick then he probably wins yeah, but I think um, the two safeties are Smith and Bynum, and I think the corners are Dantzler, Peterson, and Chandon Sullivan. Um, so despite the hype, I think both of their top rookies will be sitting on the bench watching the game blow by their stupid faces. What's up, Mike? All right. Hey, uh, let's try that again, Mike. Good morning, hey. Crack Daddy. Morning. Uh, I'm sorry, but it says, good morning, Crack Daddy. That's... Google, come on, man. That's not nice. Packer super fan. What up? Hey, it's Friday. It's Friday morning. So Friday. Don't talk to me about Sammy Watkins, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. You talk Friday about whatever you want. prediction for this week. All right, here we go. Uh, versus the Vikings. So just I'll give you a couple predictions and right. just love to hear your uh, love to hear your thoughts on them. Let's do it. First of all, in regards to the the tackles. Uh, my prediction is neither tackle will start this week. Okay. Uh, just that's... no way they're going to be ready. I mean, they've, they've barely been in uh, team periods up to this point. There's no way they're going to put them out there. Um, and even if they did play, you know, how effective are they really going to be that first week out? You know, will they even play the entire game? I just, I just don't see it happening. So my first prediction is the two tackles will not start. All right. Uh, third prediction, which is real easy, is Alan Lazard will not start, which you know, I think is pretty obvious to everyone right now. So I'm not really going out on a limb there. Yep. Um, I, and then my fourth prediction is just a game prediction. I think that, oh, you know, obviously the Packers are the better team on paper. There's no question about that, especially with the defense. Um, Joe Barry this year has just got to figure out a way to bring that defense up into the top five in the league yep. uh, based on the talent that's back there. 
Um, no questions. I think overall the Packers in the long run will be the much better team than the Vikings over, you know, no question about it. But I just think this first game up there is going to be tough. Um, because of the fact that the two tackles will not start, because of the fact Alan Lazard is not going to start. I mean, the wide receiver position, uh, so many questions surrounding that. Um, one other prediction I'm going to give you too is I think that uh, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson both will have more yards, more receptions than Sammy Watson. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, and I think that's the other part of it that's going to hurt the Packers this week is the Sammy Watkins experiment. They're going to force it to him, and I just don't think it's going to end well. Right. So um, as, the, as the season goes on, they'll get those young guys more integrated into the offense, so things will be a lot better. But I think starting out of the gates here is going to be rough. So I've got the Vikings. 24, the Packers 21, a little bit low scoring, uh, tough game. Packer offense struggles a little bit. Uh, Packer defense keeps them in the game, but just not enough at the end. Uh, Got the Vikings with a late late field goal to win it. Uh, So, yeah, just love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. No, I – oh, he's still there. Um, I think that's all fair. Insofar as I don't know if any one of those things would even necessarily be considered a hot take. You know what I mean? Um, Vikings winning by three, Watkins not being massively impactful, etc., etc. None of that would necessarily surprise me. I do have one assignment for you one of these days, whenever you feel like it. I want you to call in, and I want you to have a positive take. <laughs> I know you tend to skew a little negative, Packers superfan. Which I get, because as positive as I can be sometimes on the podcast, um, we're going to be doing a live stream tomorrow, and you're probably, if you come hang out, going to see the negative Packer fan in me. Because when I watch a game, I am very negative. I don't try to be. I just overreact to everything. I'm very emotional when it comes to Packer games, as non-emotional as I might be in my own private life. When it comes to the Packers, I am an emotional wreck, and everything is a disaster. And I'm telling you, if the Packers go three and out, I'm going to bite my tongue as hard as I possibly can. But I promise you, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, here we go. Turns out everybody was right. Wide receivers can't do jack. Can't run the ball. Way to go, offensive line, you bunch of idiots. I mean, that's these are the thoughts that are just brewing in my brain. That's why I implemented a rule that I'm not allowed to go on social media during football games, unless it's a positive thing that happens. Because I'm just going to tweet stuff. I'm going to sound really angry. And then the Packers are going to come back, win the game, and I'm going to look like an idiot. And I'm going to get called out on it, and I'm going to just have to live with that. Having all these negative things put out there into the universe while everybody else is celebrating a Packers win. And nobody likes that. The only good feeling that exists post-game is sticking up for your team, saying, I believe in them, I think they're going to win, and then they win and you celebrate. There's nothing else that's really positive. If you come in saying, and you know, Mike, whatever you want to do, it's fine, I get it. I tend to be negative probably 60% of the time, but... If you go in saying, we're going to lose, I don't believe in this team, it's not going to be great, and we win, yeah, you can feel good about it. And like, well, hey, they beat my expectations, so I feel good about it. But there's a, there's a piece that's missing. There's a piece of that celebration that's missing. Because now you're kind of bandwagoning it, you know? I mean, yeah, you, you, you wear the moniker of, well, I guess, they, I, I guess they prove me wrong. But you do that every week. Again, I don't mean you. I'm just saying generally to that crowd of which I am, I have to renew my membership, but I am a member. We're missing something with this seeing the negative about everything. And, and there are negative, and, and it's easy to be negative, especially among Packer fans who tend to be too positive. But the one thing we forget is that everybody has this level of negative. 
We can look at our wide receivers and say, I just don't know if I buy into it. Have you considered the Vikings uh, corners and how not great they are? You know what I mean? There's there's an opposite side to this. They have offensive line struggles. They have defensive line maybe struggles. They don't have great linebackers. They don't have great corners. They've got weaknesses. They've got issues on top of being a team that just can't seem to figure out how to take the talent they have and win with it. The Packers might not be able to reach their full potential, but at least they know how to win. So just a thought. Just just, just a little assignment for the negative fans. Call in and give me a positive take. A real doozy. Not like Rodgers is going to have a good game. I mean like, you know, hot takey thing. I don't know. You'll, you'll figure it out. So pork chop hack... I figured this out a year ago. Nice. I took a pork chop for Give 20 it to years me. on the grill. What I do is I season mine with whatever season you want. There's a million out there. Yep. Um, I season both sides, put them back in the fridge for like 45 minutes to an hour. Then I cook them on the grill for kind of high for maybe half an hour until they're kind of done, but they're not soft yet. Then I wrap them in tin foil. Put a little, I, I like olive oil just because the spread is easy, but you can use butter too if you want to use butter. Put a little butter on the bottom of the tinfoil, put a pork chop, a little more olive oil or butter, seasoning again, another pork chop. You, I get thick ones, so you can fit two or three. But on each one, put a little olive oil, a little more seasoning, wrap them tight, and then kind of put them off heat for about an hour. Um, and it, it, if you've already charred them enough, it kind of keeps that char. And then, you know, wrapping them and doing like that is kind of like what you do to a brisket or, yeah. you know. A pork shoulder, when you're smoking it, you wrap it the last part. Yeah. You do it for about an hour, and it'll, it's, it's like you can't do it too long because they just get softer right. and nicer. You lose the bar. Try that next time you're doing pork chops. I guarantee you, you will like them. And Josh Allen is a freak. <laughs> I like it, man. I, I, haven't, I haven't tried that. And no, I haven't tried wrapping. Like, usually the smaller meats, like pork chops, chicken, whatever, you don't wrap it because it's, you know, the the theory i guess if i can sound like a dork behind that is for longer smokes essentially you're um you're getting too much of that direct heat and smoke on the meat on the outside of the meat while you wait for the inside to cook so there's a certain amount of time it needs to be in that heat to cook the meat all the way through and there's a certain amount of time you want the the outside of the meat to be directly hit by the smoke and the heat and there's a difference there. You might want three hours, four hours, whatever of smoke. I don't know. Depends on the meat or whatever you're doing. And like, I don't know, five hours, six hours of heat. And so what you do is you wrap it so that there's no more of that smoke hitting the meat or whatever. But yeah, like you said, if you wrap for too long, and especially if you're using tinfoil as opposed to like butcher paper, tinfoil creates like this Amazon rainforest effect on the inside where the, the moisture can't escape and it just turns it all soggy. Butcher paper at least kind of absorbs it a little bit and allows it to evaporate out. But no, I think that's cool, and that's that's uh, something I'll have to try for sure. Let's kick it out uh, back to Alaska. We got a lot of Alaska Packer fans for some reason, which is pretty cool. Hey, Ryan, Steve up in Alaska. I was just listening to the, uh, I I believe it's the Friday show Uh you do it on Thursday. The way you set it up always gets me kind of lost on which day Uh, you're on. I'm confused. Um, But anyways... You're talking about the the streak of teams beating us that beat us in the regular season and you end you started with two thousand and twelve. I don't know if anybody else caught this, but in two thousand eleven the Giants knocked us out of the playoffs, but we barely beat the Giants in the regular season. Oh interesting. So if you look at it, your trend kinda of works and it's got a capper on either end. 
I just wanted to put that out there in case you didn't notice it or nobody else told you. All right, man. Have a good one. So I'm going back to look at it because somebody else mentioned, and I'll I'll uh, get to that in a second, but let's see. So the New York Giants, oh, wrong year. That was the year we won the Super Bowl. Next year, 2011. Giants knocked us out. We played the Giants, and yeah, 35 to 38. And I want to see how that played out. I'm just curious. All right, so it looks like we hit a field goal with three seconds left, and the game was tied at the time. So right down to the wire, we won that. Somebody else actually pointed out, sorry for not remembering who it was. I had said that the streak kind of died, what did I say, last year? Because we beat the San Francisco 49ers. But he pointed out that, that in that game against the 49ers, in which we won 28 to uh, 30 to 28, you might recall that the um, 49ers went ahead of us and scored a touchdown, leaving the Packers 37 seconds, at which time we went from our own 25 to the 50-yard line, from the 50 to the 33, and then kicked a 51-yard field goal to win that game. So it sounds like fate has tried to do this every year, and twice we've been able to overcome it. The Giants, we were not supposed to win that game. We barely beat them last-second field goal. And then this past year, this game we were also supposed to lose. You know what's interesting? I want to look at 2010. Yeah, this is freaky. So we didn't go to the playoffs in 2008. But if you look, so so the Super Bowl is right in the middle, right? Let's let's just say the Super Bowl is the zero point. After the Super Bowl, we've demonstrated that every single year there's a team that beats us, or presumably should have beaten us, that knocks us out of the playoffs. If we go prior to the Super Bowl, there's almost an opposite trend. In 2009, we got knocked out by the Cardinals. We eviscerated the Cardinals 33-7 to before losing to them in the playoffs. The last time we were in the playoffs prior to that, we got knocked out by the Giants. We eviscerated the Giants 35-13, to and then they knocked us out of the playoffs. We missed the playoffs several times before that, but 2004 was the last time we were in the playoffs prior to that. The Minnesota Vikings knocked us out. We didn't necessarily eviscerate them, but we beat them twice in the regular season. 34-31, to 34-31 both times. The Vikings beat us 31-17. to The trend stops after that, but from 2004... To 2009, there's a team that knocks us out of the playoffs, and it's a team that we beat in the regular season. Then there's the Super Bowl. Then there's a weird opposite trend that happens where there's a team that annihilates us in the regular season that eliminates us from the playoffs. So that's kind of a weird thing. Another sort of weird thing, I've been watching Lost a lot lately. If you've watched Lost, you might remember there's a there's all these weird little mini subplots that you kind of like every every new episode's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And then it's like gone after a after an episode or two. But there's this weird thing. There's a guy by the name of Desmond. He was in this uh, bunker. The bunker gets essentially blown up, kind of. And then he starts getting these weird visions. And the visions that he's having are of this guy, Charlie, dying. But the point is, what he learns through these visions is the universe has a way of fixing something that wasn't supposed to be. So if you prevent somebody from dying, they're just going to get him next time. And if, they, if you stop him that time, you're going to get him the next time. This isn't exactly like that, but it just makes me want to go back to 2010 and say, what did we do? What did we break that the universe is trying to correct for? The only thing I can look at when we look at our Super Bowl win, well, there's a couple things. First of all, there is the fact that it looked like we were probably going to, probably possibly going to miss our playoff run, right? We 
we were seven and three. Everything was looking good. Then we lost to the Falcons. We beat the 49ers and then lost two more. And we're sitting at eight and six, right? And it's kind of looking a little bit dicey. Then we annihilate the Giants 45-17, beat the Bears 10-3. We get into the playoffs. Were we not supposed to go to the playoffs? Probably That doesn't necessarily make sense, but we keep getting knocked out of the playoffs. So what did we do in the playoffs we weren't supposed to do? We beat the Eagles. We didn't play the Eagles that year, which the other thing, when I point out all these crazy things, the fact that the team that knocks us out is a team that we play in the regular season is not automatic. There's no reason to believe that we would have to play that team. Every single year, it's a team that we played in the regular season. The two teams that we played in the regular season in the playoffs, Falcons and Bears. The Falcons beat us 17 to 20 in the regular season. They were also an absolute powerhouse. We butchered them 48 to 21. Bears obviously was a really close game. Maybe we weren't supposed to win that one. Maybe it was close and down to the wire and then their quarterback got hurt, except he wasn't actually hurt. He was just acting kind of like a baby, which maybe isn't exactly true, but that's the narrative I like to stick with. Anyways, I'll let you guys poke around with those theories a little bit, but we did something wrong. We stole the Super Bowl. We were not supposed to win, which, I mean, to be fair, certainly seems like we were not supposed to win, but we are getting punished. This is a punishment. This doesn't make any sense. I mean, again, there's only two years it doesn't necessarily hold up, and I've had two people point out to me that, oh, actually, it does kind of hold up. We stole that one from the Giants, only beat them because we snuck in 38 points in the last three seconds. I don't mean the full 38, but I mean, we got to 38. And then last year, again, we absolutely by, by Aaron Rodgers' sheer force of will, along with Devontae Adams, found a way to beat the 49ers we were not supposed to. But they still knocked us out of the playoffs. So I don't know what we have to do. The, the biggest question is, what do we have to do to break the curse? That's the question that matters. Anyways, again, we got to pick up the pace. Hi, Ryan. It's your wife. Hi. We'll see if I can get through this without kids in the background. Too late. <laughs> I had a little help thinking of some really good questions okay. from my dad because... You know, I need to sound super smart. Okay. Yep. Who's going to step up for Alan Lazard? Sammy Watkins. Statistically, who's going to get more pass attempts, catches, and yards after catch? Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs? Hey, she said it right. Nobody says his name right. I wonder if he spelled it phonetically or if she she actually got Dobbs out of D-O-U-B-S. I'll have to ask her that. I got to go read the text. If she got Dobbs out of D-O-U-B-S, she will be one of one. Um, Who's going to get more pass attempts? Dobbs. Catches, Dobbs. Yards after the catch? Christian Watson, assuming he catches a pass. I'm not sold on that, that he's going to catch a pass. But if he does, I think he's going to get it. I know Romeo is still a deep guy as well, but I think Christian is, at this stage, maybe just purely... A yards after the... Oh, wait, did he say yard after the catch? Oh, yeah, it is yards after the catch. I'll still say Christian Watson. So there you go. There's the answers. I have a helper. Thank yes. you. Say hi, Daddy. Hi, Daddy! Hi, Benny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What's wrong? Um, Daddy's working. Well, just a minute, I have two more questions. Is Savvy Watkins going to have a breakout game... Um, according to Mike, no, I'm not allowed to say yes. Uh, no, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think breakout game because he's had good games in the past. So I don't, I don't think so. And even if he has a good game, I don't know if we can even call it a breakout game. I don't know. Maybe we can. And will Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon rush for more yards? Okay. I hope you can answer these. All I right. have no idea what they mean. Bye, I love you. You could just lie. Um, more yards rushing. 
I want to say Dylan because I think he's going to have more carries. So that would make the most sense. Plus, you know, who knows? Maybe he takes another step, which would be fantastic. But it's so hard to count out Aaron Jones because when he has big days, that dude has big days. And it kind of seems like the whole hot hand thing, you know? I don't know. I just, I just have an Aaron Jones hunch, I guess. I don't know why. I'm just going to ride that out. I'm going to say Aaron Jones does. All right. Thank you for the call, family. Ryan, I'm fired up. All right. I'm opinionated. Good. I got a lot to say. Okay. I'm going to tell you exactly what I think about that Packers-Vikings game. Here we go. Oh, shoot. It's Saturday. Never mind. I'll <laughs> call back after the game tomorrow. <laughs> By the way, speaking of, um, I'm going to try to remember to put the phone number on the stream and have people call in because I think that would be hilarious. Um just for a lot of reasons, but I'm excited to see how this show can evolve. Probably you want to talk about dark Joe hating his family and children and stuff is going to seem mild compared to some of the calls we're going to get after our Packers lost. Hopefully not this week. Hey Ryan, this is Garrett. What up? Hey, uh, just calling in for a Saturday night prediction before Sunday's game. Um, I have faith that these guys are going to be able to pull it out. I think it's going to be close, but I believe it'll be Packers. 24 with A.J. Dillon scoring two touchdowns. Nice. And the Vikings only scoring 14. Yeah. I like uh, won't make any other predictions other than that. Um, but I do want to rant about something after listening to oh, today's podcast about the injury report. All I can say is freaking rub some dirt on it <laughs> and get in there and play for crying out loud. <laughs> These guys get paid a lot of money. And I'm ready to put some pink jerseys on these guys. <laughs> now, some of them are legitimate injuries, but for crying out loud, Lombardi went back in with his teeth busted out. Right. The guy had a messed up grill, and he still went in and played. These guys need to start toughening up and play like Nitschke for crying out loud. I'm getting tired of seeing how this injury list keeps getting bigger and bigger instead of smaller and smaller. I understand these guys are investments and they're playing a long game, but this is the first game of the season. And the way they talk, it's like, oh, we're only thinking about today's game. Well, then, if you're thinking about today's game, play it like it's the only game of the season and get your butt in there and play. It's just getting old, Ryan. It's getting old. I get it. I want to see these guys stay healthy and play for a long career, but I'm sorry. Some of these guys, I, I just don't get it. I don't know if it's really the medical staff's fault holding them back, but this is getting old, really old. I do wonder if this is a Super Bowl, how many guys would play? I mean, honest question. If this was a Super Bowl, would anybody be sitting out? Lazard, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins. Would, would there be a single person not playing? I'm just curious. My guess is no. Maybe Lazard, because this seems like a weird, semi-serious thing. But, you know, and to be honest, you're right about the Lombardi area too, but we've even heard about some, you know, Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I think, uh, didn't Jordy play with, like, br- busted ribs or something at one point? Favre, obviously, was the poster child of, like, modern-day toughness. Had broken fingers on his throwing hand and still went out. I mean, Stafford has played all jacked up. I mean, a lot of these guys have done it, you know? So I don't want to imply that there's, there's no toughness. Obviously, all of them have to be to play, in, to play football. But, yeah, there, there does seem... It, it has a corporate feel to it, I think is, if I may put words in your mouth. As opposed to being a, a game of just tough guys, you know, that chew glass and nails. It, it's a very corporate, um, 
you know, making decisions for long-term investments. You know, these, these aren't football players. As you said, they're investments. They're commodities to be traded, quite literally at times. And yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. And I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with the Packers' assessment. I don't know what's going on, but I, I think you're right. If, if Lombardi was in charge of the team right now, there wouldn't be a single player on the injury report. <laughs> Everybody would be playing. Now, maybe that means David Bakhtiari is going to be out for the rest of the year. I don't know, but whatever. Um, why don't we just take a break here? We've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, like six or so more, something like that. So, pristineauction.com. Back with the Packernet Podcast. Very grateful to have them. Again, they've got another awesome giveaway for you. It is a signed Jordy Nelson Lombardi trophy. It is going to be completely free. It comes with a certificate of authenticity. So it's, you know, from the, the top authenticators, if I can figure out what that word is. So you know it's legit. But head over to pristineauction.com, click on the register button, and then for the registration code, put in FAVRE, F-A-V-R-E, and that's it. You're done. You're all ready to go. You are entered to win. You're also going to get $10 off any item that you win. So if you bid on an item and win, they're going to give you 10 bucks off. In addition, we will take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Hey, Ryan, it's Garrett again. Hey. Sorry for uh, 
Sorry you had to see that disgruntled side of me. Sorry, man, I get uh, it. I'll try just to be a little more just normal gruntled <laughs> this time. Do what you got to um, do. Just wanted to say that I had another idea to run by you since uh, I just want to say, number one, your wife is a genius for suggesting this idea for the show in the first place. Thank you. Two, to, from her, I, think I think you should have her as a co-host sometime. Oh, boy. And have her just, you know, interview you. <laughs> So that we can kind of see the other side of, of Ryan's life a little bit. Oh, no. Kind of see what Genghis Khan does on the other side of the flippity-flop. Wait, am I Genghis Khan? What are, why am I Genghis Khan? What did I do? And uh, one other thing, my first idea for one of the Dundees for Packernet would be don't fumble the chili, Kevin, would be for the biggest blunder on the field. There you go. Uh, it doesn't have to be a fumble or anything like that, serious or not serious, but... That's my first submission. Have a great one, Ryan. Go Pack Go. I like it. And I, I, I may have to push this because I think that would make a uh, a pretty good segment. Have callers call in and hand out Dundee Awards to players after the game. I mean, I could do it, but I just feel like there'd be some really creative things that would come in. So I'm going to encourage you to, to think of something, if you can. All of you. Everyone. Hey man, um, hey, man. just, uh, I got a couple questions. Um, Let's do this. Just, uh, how much money do players get when they are released on an injury settlement? Oh, geez. I saw that like four rookies or other players were released this week with an IR settlement and it just got me curious. Um, thanks for doing that research for me. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'll keep listening. Go pack go. So, um, yeah, I did the research for you. I Googled it. Um, I just Googled NFL injury settlement players, and it says it's usually four seventeenths of a player's scheduled base salary. So, for example, let's just pick a player. Let's pick Malik Taylor. Malik Taylor signed a one-year $780,000 contract with the Green Bay Packers, and that is his base salary. So his injury settlement would be $183,529. you imagine that? This is a guy that, like, pretty unlikely to make the team, doesn't have to do much, goes out and practices a couple times with the Packers. You know, he's got his housing taken care of, his food's taken care of. He's getting paid just to be there. And at the end of it, he gets hurt. I mean, I'm not saying this is, this is what happened with Malik Taylor. I'm just, just saying as an example. Even a low-end guy who doesn't play, they're like, ah, we're going to let you go for an injury settlement or whatever. Here's a $183,000 check. There you go. Have fun. This guy's making, like, for some people, four, four years' salary because he got hurt. And he'll have an opportunity to come back. And uh... Now, again, granted, compared to the uh, $780,000 salary, that's not as much, but that's still a crazy amount of money. Hey, buddy. Hey. Um, you know, with uh, Lazard possibly being out, I just got to say I'm not super worried. Good. I mean, he's decent to good. Yep. But I don't think anybody really believes he's great or elite. I don't think so either. I mean, to those of you saying, oh, Lazard is elite, you'll see. You just don't understand. <laughs> um, yeah, you do you. But, uh, yeah, no, he's not. He's not elite. He'll have an okay season. But he's not winning any awards. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Anywho, with him out, I've got one thing to say. Choo-choo, the Dobbs train is pulling into the station, bro. And Sammy Watkins is the conductor. 
And Christian Watson is the guy who checks your luggages. <laughs> and Zadarius Smith is the Uber driver who dropped you off at the train station. Go, Pat, go. So Christian Watson is checking luggage inside of Romeo Dobbs, who is being driven by Sammy Watkins. Is that that's what we're saying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was a... Uh... That was intense and kind of awesome. I'm pumped. I, I just, I hope that, again, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing myself for the possibility that between Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, we're looking at like two targets, one reception, 19 yards, you know? Um, I don't know for sure that that's going to happen, and there's a very good possibility that they are a bigger, more prominent part of the offense, but I don't know that, and I just want to be mentally prepared for that by not getting too excited. Hey, this is Britt again. Forgot to ask one main question. What do you think Darius Smith will have written on his tank top underneath his jersey? I was thinking something like, I hate cheese or something of that sort. That would be a low blow. Pretty salty about the Packers and everything. Love to hear what your thoughts and ideas are. Thanks. Go, Pat, go. Oh, man. Um, thanks for the call, Brett, Brett, Brad. What is Zadarius going to write on his shirt? Here's what I, here's what I think. If, if, I, if, I were, if Zadarius came to me and said, what is the most masterful thing I can put on my shirt? It sounds boring, but it's, it's almost kind of perfect. You know what he should put on his shirt? Skull. That's it. Skull. It will massively endear him to Vikings fans. The guy just smashed Aaron Rodgers. The guy who was a Packer for several years is now on your team. Week one, he just crushed Aaron Rodgers, and now he lifts his shirt on national television, and it says Skull on it. Beyond that, you want to troll Packer fans and the Green Bay Packers organization? Put Skull on your shirt. It's not creative, but it's the right decision. As far as creative stuff, hmm, been a lot of captain comments, but I think he has to know the optics of that would be horrible. Even among among Vikings fans, that's not going to be great. Anything camp- captain-related. I don't know if you can do it in enough. I mean, you, you have limited characters on a t-shirt, obviously, but something about the Vikings win the North or something like that. I, I, I think that's generally what it should be and probably will be if he even does that. Just something that implies... The Vikings are the better team. The Vikings are where he wants to be. He's proud to be there. He'd rather be there. That's, that's I think, the thing. All right. So, uh, last phone call. On the topic of laughing at the enemy, All right. I've been trolling a Vikings group pretty hard for the past week or so. I appreciate that. Uh, so much so that I got a, a Facebook message from a profile that was deleted after it was sent. <laughs> So I couldn't actually look at the person's profile or report it or anything. It was weird. I could see and read the message, but then it disappeared after I read it. I'm pretty sure it was from a Vikings fan and not some scammer. The uh, message said, F you, you (laughs) coward scumbag. I laughed out loud. It was one of my proudest moments. Um, The other Vikings fans are so triggered right now. The most common thing that they have to say is that, uh, oh, here's the the, the biggest comment. Sure, let's broadcast what's going on in camp so other teams can get the jump on us. Why broadcast stuff when you can keep it a secret till the last minute? Then, bam, 
leaves the op- opposition wondering what just happened. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. Um, that was the response to me asking why is there so little information about what's going on in camp. <laughs> uh, apparently, the team asked the media and the fans to kind of keep it all a secret. Right. Uh, because they don't want anybody to know what their game plan is. That way they have a huge advantage over every other team come game time. Well, the the funny thing is um, it hasn't been quiet. The reason that they're telling people not to broadcast everything is because pe- so many people are doing it. Um, beyond that, the biggest selling point, aside from they got a new coach and these great weapons that apparently everybody forgot that have been there for a while, the biggest selling point is all the hype coming out of training camp for the Minnesota Vikings. And I just finally figured out that's part of the reason there's so much hype for the Vikings. Somebody finally said it, and I'm like, oh, is that maybe? Because talking about the same guys that are there and and a new coach doesn't seem to quite get us where the hype is. But um, I think, and probably nobody wants to admit that's what it is, which is why you haven't heard it as much. But yeah, a lot of hype. You know, Justin Jefferson talking about how he's never been so wide open. And Adam Thielen uh, is the best he's been in the last four years or whatever. So there's been a lot of stuff that's come out about the Vikings camp, including things that are not supposed to be out again, which is why. So them saying in the comments <laughs> about the reason you haven't heard anything is because they're trying to keep it quiet, and that's for obvious reasons. It hasn't been quiet. I mean, as far as, you know, information getting, I mean, even videos. Guys go to the, the training camp for the Vikings, they start taking videos and broadcasting it all over the place, and it upsets a lot of Vikings fans that I've seen, but... Um, anyways, just thought I'd throw that out there. Literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to get your numbers up, Fauci, 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 Joe Rogan, <laughs> COVID-19, ayahuasca. All right, man. You keep talking. I'll keep listening. Go, Pat, go. I forgot about that. I uh, I probably have not had my uh, COVID warnings on my shows for a couple of weeks now, and I apologize for failing you. Last caller. Hey, Ryan. It's Scuba Steve. Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good. Thanks. You're um, welcome. I just wanted to thank you for your advice about running the other day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just doing it the best you can. My son listened to it, and he ran his 5K, and um, he got third place overall. Hey, and that's he awesome. he to what you had said, and his little brother said, wow, you got third place. That's great. And he looked at his little brother, and he said, yeah, but I could have done better. Dang. So he's got the attitude right now, or he got he's gonna keep working really hard. I like it. Um, so I just want to thank you for that. But now he's got this attitude though, where he won't talk to me anymore. He says he's only gonna ask you questions from <laughs> now on. So um, he might be calling in now to get advice from you. So all right, Ryan. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I think that I think that's the right attitude because third place is awesome, but. Even first place, you know, th- there's all these steps. You know, the, the first step is to be one of the best, you know, and that takes a lot of work in whatever group you're in. You know, you're doing cross country and you got a group of really talented runners that run all the time. And you can tell because you look at their body type and it's like that dude does nothing but run. He, he probably hasn't walked in years. You can just look at these guys and go, oh, you, you do cross country. Oh, OK, so you crack top three of that group. That's pretty phenomenal. And that's not something that you can accidentally do. That takes hard work. But yeah, you should be looking at that next step because there's always going to be a next step. And every time you look back, you're going to say that wasn't that impressive. You know, the, the first step was just doing cross country and finishing a race, which is incredibly difficult. But then you try to be the fastest. But then there's another step after that. Because 
when you do cross country, you're not really going against your team. I mean, there's a whole thing about it. you're just going against yourself, which I mean, I guess that's kind of true, but it's also kind of nonsense. You're competing against other teams, and other teams are going to have those super fast guys that are faster than anybody on your team. So then you want to be like top five of the entire race. Then you want to be number one in a race. Then you start looking at being one of the best in the state, one of the best in the country. Because why not? What else are you going to do? Maybe you won't get there. I don't know. But why not? What is the most hardcore thing you can accomplish this year, next year, whatever? What's the best thing you can accomplish? Why don't you go do it? Because here's, here's one of the things that I've learned um, with some things that I've done. There's not that many people that put in that much work. You know, I mean, once you get into the upper echelon, it's only people that are like putting in a lot of work. And then you get in the upper, upper echelon and it's people that put in a lot of work that are like naturally gifted. And maybe, maybe there's a ceiling there that you can't get through. I don't know. There are limitations. We got mental and physical and emotional limitations that are placed on us. Who knows why? Do your best to overcome it, but eventually there's going to be a wall. But don't stop running until you hit the wall. And then when you do, don't cry about it. Don't get so wrapped up in it that it's the most important thing in the world to be the best cross-country racer and then I, I can't physically... Fine, move on to something else. At the end of the day, you failed your goal to be the fastest racer in the world and you ended up taking third in the state. I don't even, Honestly, I don't even know how that works. Then you go do something else. Become the best tennis player. Become a guitar player. Singer. A cook. Start a business. You know... You think about like what what are the odds that you can be the most successful teenage entrepreneur in the state of whatever state you're in? It seems insurmountable until you realize I've never met one. There's only a handful. It, it, it almost doesn't matter what you do. If you dedicate all of your time and put all of your time and all of your effort into it, you're probably going to be one of the best because almost nobody does that. Just a thought. Same with this podcast. I'm not uniquely talented at anything. I just work harder than everybody else. And now this is if I had to guess second biggest Packers podcast, why? What, what, what am I doing that's so special? Nothing. I get on here and I talk about the Packers, but I do it more than everybody else. That's it. And I, and I did it for a long time and didn't give up because there's a lot of people that give up. That first year when I cracked like 100 listeners, it was like, dang, this is a big deal. But it's slow and it's, you know, laborious and there's not a lot of listeners and there is no money and there is no reward. There's nothing. There's just nothing but me realizing if I keep doing this, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get here. And I just kept doing it. And I did it the next day. And there's a lot of people saying, why are you doing that? Why do you have to get up so early? Why does it have to be every day? Why can't you do once a week? Why can't you do three times a week? Why does it have to be an hour long? Because if you do it once a week, you do 52 episodes a year. If you do it once a day, it's 365 episodes a year. That's why. And because if you're going to quit your job doing a Packers podcast and you make, let's say, a hundred, let's say you make $300 an episode, something crazy. You're going to make 1200 bucks if you do a once-a-week podcast. You're going to make $9,000 if you do a daily podcast. That's why. Because every day, if your podcast grows five listeners, with a weekly podcast, you grew 260 listeners. With a daily podcast, you grow 1,825 listeners. That's why. That's how it is with everything. Running, podcast. It's also why I harp so much on football players and people get mad. So what if they want to hang out and play video games and do all these things? Listen, that's fine. But I know the guy that somebody on the other side, on the other team, is putting in work while you're playing games. And that guy probably is going to be a better football player. That guy's going to get a second and third contract. That's why. That's why I say those things. Because it's true and it's real. Hard work is rewarded. That shouldn't be a shock to anybody. How dare you say that somebody should have to work <laughs> to be good at stuff, to be rewarded. Okay. 
whatever. Anyways, thank you guys very much for um, calling in again. Please, after you check out the Packernet podcast, tune in. Uh, we're going to be doing a live stream. I may do a Chicago Bears live stream. I don't know. That might be too much. My wife might not even let me do that. I'm not sure because that's a lot of hours of streaming. But at the very least, there will be a Green Bay Packers live stream. I really hope you guys will come hang out with me. Head on over to YouTube. Uh, you can jump in the comment section. It's not like you have to stare at the screen because we're not going to be streaming the game, but you can just have it up next to you. And I understand if it's on your phone, you want to check other stuff, but check back in with us. Come hang out, drop a comment. And most importantly, like I said, I'm going to try to remember to get the phone number up on the stream because I want as many people to call into this show because after the game, I'm going to be doing a Packernet After Dark reaction game. And I'm hoping to get a lot of reactions, hopefully positive, but we'll see how it goes. Anyways, I got to get out of here. You guys have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.